Good morning and welcome to the Automation Morning Show for Thursday, September 14th today, 2023. I hope you're having a great day. I'm running a little late today and I still got up at four o'clock and I'm still running late. What did I do wrong? Anyways, I hope you're having a great day. I'm going to have a great day. I'm sure of it. And this is the show where I, Sean Tierney from the Automation Blog and School, cover what's new and happening in industrial automation. Boy, what a great, what a great morning. So with that, let's go ahead and jump right into it here. And um, the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take a look at um, our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. If you know anybody who needs PLC, HMI, or SCADA training, please send them over to our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. And uh, I also wanted just to send out a reminder that uh, if you do enjoy these shows, please consider liking, subscribing, and sharing it really helps us grow our audience and find new vendors to come on the technology show. And here we're taking a look at the uh, updated version of the automationblog.com. We upgraded it earlier in the year for our uh, 10th anniversary. And uh, you can see the uh, mini blogs we're putting up there with the uh, little news clips. And of course, you can see the full news show there. Of course, anything news related, you'll see in this left-hand column underneath the, uh, the top uh, seven or eight um, squares there and then the latest shows here you can see the latest uh, podcasts and uh, and then you can see of course our articles here so in any case if you do enjoy these shows please consider following us liking us and sharing our content so we can reach more folks with that said let's get into our first story here and this is an interesting one it's from honeywell and it's about how they were chosen their automation and digitization technologies were chosen to support the america battery factories new gigafactory in Arizona. And I just thought there was a so interesting uh, learning about what they're doing. I, I really haven't followed what American Battery Factory has been doing. And so reading this article, this press release, I was really intrigued by what they're doing. It's great to see um, batteries being manufactured here. I mean, I'm a big believer in manufacture local. You should be manufacturing as much as you can in your country. So whether you're Germany, England, or the United States, or Canada, or whoever, um, you all should be making your own stuff, right? And so, because we're in the U.S. here, um, I just think this is really interesting. You don't want to have to rely on boats to bring everything over a big ocean um, because, uh, you know, what happens if there's a, uh, some kind of hurricane or something, right? It can delay everything. So, I, I'm a big proponent of manufacturing local. Um, actually, uh, we're going to have John back on the show here soon. Uh, probably be recording next week. So, um, you can check out a previous article with him in manufacturing local. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, I don't know much about Honeywell's Experian Batch. I know during the pandemic, they did some great stuff, spinning up some new plants here locally to, uh, to help with, uh, uh, you know, PPE and stuff like that. But I'd love to get them on the show to talk about it. But again, if you're just interested in manufacturing and, uh, you know, I think you'll enjoy this article because it really goes through some of the things they're trying to attempt here with this Gigafactory and... I also have this um, link here to the American Battery Factory website. This is what their batteries look like. And they talk about the process and the materials they use in it. And uh, just very interesting stuff. So I wanted to share that with you this morning. From there, we go over to Eaton. And uh, a similar story, Eaton is investing $150 million to increase manufacturing here locally in the States. Um, and uh, this will be to produce electrical products that are used in infrastructure projects. And the, what this will mean is 600 new jobs in El Paso, Texas. So uh, congratulations, Eaton, on that investment. And to the good folks of El Paso, that's good to know that you'll be getting some good quality jobs down there. Some more good quality jobs down there. 
And from there, we go over to an article from Copia, and this kind of tied into it, too. It's funny how all this kind of flew together this morning. But in any case, the title of the article is, Can Modern DevOps Tools Help Bridge the Manufacturing Talent Gap? Now, Copia makes uh, Git-based source protection, source control for your, uh, you know, your PLC projects and other automation devices. They also have a device manager that can upload all your uh, device link, that can upload all your programs and put it into the repository. And we've had them on the show a few times to talk about it. So if you can definitely learn more by checking out those uh, episodes of the podcast. But this article really starts off in going into like the state of manufacturing, right? And uh, it talks about, hey, you know, we're all, everybody's positive. They're hoping that we see more and more manufacturing in the U.S., but there is definitely a talent gap trying to find people who want to come into manufacturing. And uh, they have a lot of facts and figures figures here from some big-name reports, which I thought was very interesting. And, it, you know, it comes down to something we've talked a lot about. Uh, a lot of the baby boomers are retiring. And the younger generation, they grew up, like my, my grandkids are teenagers now, but they grew up using, you know, handheld uh, touchscreens, right? And so there's not a lot of interest in the younger generations and doing things the old way. When I say old way, before I was born way, right? And uh, so in any case, um, you know, companies that don't grow, I think I think this can be said for anything, you know, organizations or companies or anything, societies that don't grow die, right? So you gotta, you gotta continuously improve, right? We all heard that growing up in this industry and continuous improvement and all that. So, um, you know, I think they make a really good point. And of course, they're, they're putting this forward as a, um, you know, as a reason why you should get their Git-based source control. But it also, I think on a broader sense, it just reminds us how important continuous improvement is. We can channel some of the 90s and, and, and talk about that a little bit. But um, in any case, I did want to add, I thought this was funny. I, I thought you could make a good cartoon out of this picture here. Basically, for those who are listening and not watching, it's a wrong with uh, two, uh, you know, contacts and a coil. And uh, the note that they're going to delete one of the contacts is, you know, removing this button allows us to drive better uptime. And I'm just thinking, well, maybe that's a stop button, right? And so, oh, yeah, you can stop the machine. And, yeah, it'll, it'll keep running forever, but uh, that would be very dangerous. So, in any case, that was just the uh, mischievous side of me uh, chiming in on that. Uh, from there, we go over to an article from SME, Society for Manufacturing Engineers. And... Um, this is a little bit out of our area of industrial automation, but still, I think, related, In uh, I'll tell you why. First of all, the name of the article is 10 Reasons to Consider 5-Axie Multi-Pallet Machining, okay? So this gets into CNCing. We do cover that a little bit. It is part of automation, and it's a lot of times these, uh, these are where our raw products come from before we assemble them and, you know, and whatnot. But in any case, uh, a lot of the points in this article, I, first of all, I thought the article was interesting, right? Even though I'm not a big CNC guy. But um, a lot of the points really tie into what we just talked about. So one of the, the first point is lack of warehouse. Um, I'm sorry, lack of workforce, right? And so when you're, when, you know, you, the more automated the machine is, the less people you're going to need to, uh, to uh, tend the machine, right? And we talk about cobots and tending machines and whatnot. And so, you know, if, you're, if your production is being affected because you just can't find people who want to work in that industry, that's going to affect your, your output, right? And so some of the other things they talk about is, um, you know, uh, differentiating yourself, you know, so by, by you know, growing, by, uh, you know, using the data you have for analytics, by, you know, taking the next step and maybe integrating some of your islands of automation. There's another old phrase, right? 
um, it makes a very good point. You know, I, I remember there was this one mini blind manufacturer in New York, and one of the ways they stayed in business is they could turn around your custom order in three days, right? You can't do that if you make it mass producing something overseas. And so um, just uh, just very interesting stuff. Meet customer demands for lower prices. Well, if you're more efficient, more automated, you have less downtime, you're, um, you're feeding pots in and out constantly, and you're not having to stop the machine to do inspections, you know, that's going to make your more profitable company and you'll be able to meet more demanding pr price points and be able to do more quality of life things for your uh, employees. And, uh, you know, address true total cost of ownership. A lot of people don't look at that. And, and that is that is a huge deal. I think we all know somebody who bought a car that was a lemon. And even though they might have got a great price on the car, the car being a lemon has cost them so much money over time. I know we purchased my son when he moved into his new place in a, a uh, washer dryer. And uh, it's just been a nightmare because the thing keeps failing. And of course, if you don't have lemon laws and things like that to protect you, then you can be in a world of hurt, right? So in any case, great article. I wanted to share it with you this morning. From there, we go over to our uh, featured product for today, and it's the Ultimate AB Cost Bundle from theautomationschool.com. This is very similar to the Mega Bundle that we talked about yesterday, except it includes four courses, additional courses. One is released, three are pre-orders. Okay, and those courses are the uh, Mastering Logics Applications with PLC Logics 5000. That's that $300 simulator I talked to you about that simulates control logics, I.O., and a whole factory of applications. Uh, the new one that's coming is uh, very similar, but it's with uh, factory I.O. That's, uh, there's a whole bunch of simulators out there. Many of them are affordable, and I've uh, been talking to a lot of them, and this will be the next one that's coming is the one on factory I.O. I actually have a meeting later this morning with another company that has a, a great product that can do some things factory I.O. can't. So I look forward to that. And then, of course, the uh, Slick 500 and PLC5 uh, courses that I'm going to be building the test rig here later uh, later this week uh, over there in Studio B, which I, has all kinds of junk over there right now. But in any case, so that is available at theautomationschool.com. From there, we go over to an article from Inductive about Ignition 8.1.32. And they kind of wrote this whole article as if it was uh, uh, something to do about basketball, right? Which I'm, I'm a big fan of basketball, so um, uh, in any case, I enjoyed that kind of a theme. Um, and the first point in here is nothing but back net, right? Like nothing but net. And they, what they're talking about here is new features they added, like read raw multiple and write raw multiple values across BACnet, so that's really cool. And then scripting and style, they're now using uh, Google's Python style guide for their scripting. And uh, some other things, uh, the designer now has a selection when you're doing a query, uh, you can choose either a select or an update in the query browser. And some other things like uh, searching for tags, you know, um, you know, uh, and whatnot. So in any case, if you are using Ignition, we hope to get them back on the show to do a deeper dive on their product. But if you're using it, you may want to check out 8.1.32. From there, we go over to the Opto 22, and they have a blog about what they're going to be showing off at the Ignition Community Conference. Now, that is September 26th to 28th, and that conference is, um, is the physical seats are all sold out, but they, you still can buy a live stream access to it. And, uh, you know, they're going to, Opto will be there, and they're going to be showing off. They have three sessions they're promoting here. They're going to be doing uh, extending ignition to the edge of your network, right? Using the Groove product, um, elevating your OT data securely or security or securely to the cloud, 
And then finally, configuring and deploying Ignition Edge for data democratization. Democratization, that's a long word. <laughs> for, for early in the morning. Um, but in any case, from there we go over to Linmot. Linmot has a, a mini blog here and an infographic about the importance of hygienic handling of food. And um, they talk about how they have solutions, pick and place machines that are, you know, food grade, right? But uh, the infographic, just as a, a reminder, it's kind of a sad reminder of how many people still suffer from food poisoning and other aliments. Um, aliments? Aliments? <laughs> um, like, for instance, there's 1.35 million infections from salmonella in the U.S. each year. And that's no laughing matter. That is, this stuff is life-threatening. Um, they, they have de how many people die each year from foodborne illnesses. I mean... Yeah, very important topic, very, very important topic. And if you need a pick and place machine that is designed for food grade applications, check out Linmont. From there we go over the grades. They have a new article about uh, entitled Leveraging Summer Shutdowns for Digital Transformation. And this article runs through their product for, you know, a continuous thermal monitoring of medium voltage uh, systems. And um, this article, if you have it, if you're not familiar with the uh, product, this article will get you up to speed on it. If it's something you need, we've covered them quite a bit, uh, this product quite a bit on the show. We also hope they get them on our show uh, in the future. But uh, as always, um, almost every one of their articles comes with a new Bernie and Les uh, cartoon and our comic strip. And I uh, really enjoyed this one, especially at the end where the guy's sitting on the beach with a fruity drink uh, looking at his dashboard. Just going to love that, right? Okay. From there, we go over to OnLogic. They have a new blog about USB. And I think the timing of this is great because, you know, I just heard about USB 4 like recently, right? And so this, this blog talks about USB Type-C and then USB 3.1, 3.2, USB 4, and USB 4 version 2 <laughs> explained, right? And so it is, it, I think they've kind of admitted it's been a mess, the US, people who are in charge of USB. And uh, you can see the, they have the ports. If you're watching, you can see they get the ports, all the ports laid out there, different types. But what this article does, it does a very good job of kind of taking you through like USB, the different ports, and then talking about um, performance and, and, you know, all the different names, right? So for instance, right, if we look at, um, uh, they got a nice chart here, right? If we look at uh, what used to be USB 3.0, USB 3.1, Gen 1, and SuperSpeed, right? That's now labeled as USB 3.2 Gen 1 times 1. Yes, that, that is a lot of information. But nicely, they have the new marketing names out, just like with, uh, with you know, you have, um, you know, the uh, Wi-Fi 5, Wi-Fi 6, right? Now we have USB 5 gig, USB 10 gig, USB 20 gig, USB 40 gig, and so on. So if you're looking at USB 4, right, those, that only uses USB-C. And it's a uh, 40 gigabyte per second transfer rate, right? If we look at USB 4 version 2, right, that's uh, still only USB-C, but it's 80 gigabytes. They also talk about USB power too, which I thought was interesting because we, we talk a lot about power over Ethernet. They also talk about USB-C and Apple. So great article, really one-stop shopping for uh, USB topics. See if you want to get up to speed on what's happening with USB connectivity and speeds. Great, uh, great article. Kudos to OnLogix. They just produce, every week they seem to produce a home run article here.
that are just, you know, informative, educational. And, you know, until that point, I've decided, we're back at theautomationschool.com if you're listening, I've decided that some of these articles are so good that I'm going to start in, uh, sharing them with the uh, followers of the school and with the students. And you'll see what I put down here. This is my first pass. Under the um, most popular courses here, I put a news and resources um, section here. And these are actually blogs, not courses. And what each one of these will include is a link to the article, a description of what the article is about, and my little video here, like the section I just did on the OnLogic article, so that the students can actually, you know, understand, all right, do I really want to go read this? Or maybe they just go and read it. But um, this is just to help them with their continuing education. And uh, I hope over time to build a nice knowledge base there at the school, where if somebody asks a question like Ethernet, then, uh, you know, we'll have all these articles we can point them to. Because some of the things, you know, just are, you know, Ethernet and USB and what is a supercapacitor, you know, those are just things that are, are kind of out of the ballywhack of when you're trying to teach a PLC, HMI, or SCADA course, right? So in any case, I wanted to share that with you as well. And if you follow us over at LinkedIn, you'll see each one of these as well. So I'm adding them here, but I'm also going to send them to the LinkedIn page for the automation school. So with that, I uh, just want to remind you that yesterday afternoon, we released the uh, Podcast 170. This was on Smart Motor Starters uh, from Schneider. Uh, they call this line the Tesis Island. And um, I just, I had a lot of fun with this podcast. Um, it really enjoyed having both Eric and Dana on and uh, just talking about it. And this, to me, is kind of like motor starters, like almost in an I.O. form factor, right? Where you have the coupler or the adapter on the left and then you stack up your starters. And uh, just seems like a great product. Um, and I really enjoyed the podcast. I think you guys will too. I think it came out to about 40, that text is a little bit little for me, 46 minutes. Um, but uh, I thought it was excellent. And they sponsored it. So they underwrote my cost to produce it. So it's ad-free on all platforms. Well, on every platform I can control, like on YouTube and here on theautomationblog.com. You can see absolutely no ads on this page because they sponsored it to cover my costs in producing it. So I learned a lot. And I hope you guys too. And uh, it's, uh, again, it's Tesis Island Smart Motor Starters from Schneider Electric. And it's uh, P170. From there, we go over to another video. This is the last in the great series from Opto 22. Groove Managed Maintenance is the last one they're covering. And so each one of these 12 uh, videos also had a mini article with it, or you know, a good size article in some cases. And um, just a great series if you're using the Groove products from Opto 22. Definitely want to bookmark this series of videos. Now from there, um, we go to downloads. And uh, interesting, uh, Siemens today had the SciCam Pass PQS both version 8 and version 8.21 listed as new downloads. They also had new firmware for the ET200SP. If you don't know what that is, that's the distributed I.O., like what's right behind me. I don't know if you guys can see that. Let me switch to full screen here, right here. Whoops. Yeah, there we go. All right. You see it right there? So uh, in any case, this is the ET200SP F-DI, digital input, 8 inputs times 24 volts VDC. Um, HF for high functionality. So a new firmware for that if you're using that. Uh, I believe the F stands for failsafe. Um, and then a new manual on there. I believe this is a brand new product, the Cinematics G120. And uh, man, I want to love to get these guys on the show to talk about this. We were trading emails and we kind of got lost in the shuffle, but um, love to get Jackie or one of the other folks that uh, handle this product on the product and technology show to talk about it. Because, you know, it's not every day you release a new line of products, right? From there, we go over to, uh, and I thought this was funny. 
So uh, Emerson has a new uh, manual out on their Micromotion 4700 configurable input and output transmitter. Now, um, the, a lot of times they'll release new articles, like they'll be just published and they'll have like a 2017 date or a 2020 date. And of course, you guys heard me in the past, I don't share those. Um, but this is the first time they've had an, a manual from the future on, on get released. This is uh, dated October, 2023. And just in case you're thinking they are not the only ones that have uh, products from the future show up. Uh, Rockwell has one that's dated 2027 that I have to ignore every time I go to the literature library. But in any case, hey, we're all human. We make mistakes, but it is fun to think about. Maybe this is a manual from the future. But uh, in any case, back to the future, right? Um, so if you have a Micromotion 4700, you'll probably want to grab a copy of this manual. And with that, they also had this awesome document that is a pulp and paper application map. And it, if you're listening, it looks like a, a real fancy skater screen of what you would think an entire pulp and paper plant would have. Here they're highlighting all the valves. You can see a lot of pumps in there, a lot of motors in there. And then there's uh, actually two pages. One has the steam application. The second page has the steam application. And uh, I just thought it was excellent. I mean, just to look at it, it looks really cool. So and not everybody's into pulp and paper, but you know, a lot of us have to work in any industry or cover any industry. And uh, I just thought they did a great job on this. And I wanted to thank them for creating and sharing this for the, uh, for the users out there. With that, uh, Rockwell did have one new publication today. This is a, uh, like an infographic on their uh, rapid launch automotive solution. And it talks about how much money can be saved with a rapid, with a reduction in project development. Also, how much money can be lost, um, you know, uh, if, uh, if, you know, due to downtime and other causes. So uh, an interesting infographic from Rockwell. And with that, if you think I missed any news today, um, please use the submit news tip link at the website to uh, send it in. Also, we have the new talkback form. So if you want to send in your thoughts or ideas, it's your turn to talk back. I did all the talking this morning, so now it's your turn. Use this form and say hi. Tell me what you think. Tell me if you think I'm wrong. Um, you know, hey, I only have one perspective. So there's uh, another 8 billion of you out there who have different perspectives. So please feel free to share them. And uh, with that, I want to thank our sponsor, theautomationschool.com. And uh, just uh, thank everybody. We're up to, I think it was 1235 this morning, of followers over at automation.locals.com. This is a new site for us. It's kind of, it's our community. And we're having a lot of back and forth now about um, analog modules. So if you have any expertise in troubleshooting analog signals, we could use your conversation, your input here, because um, everything I've done for the last eight years since I've been full-time here has been in the classroom, not in the field. So would love it if you guys could share your, uh, your thoughts. And I want to thank our new uh, 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 members who join up and do the $2 a month. Um, I actually had a new member who signed up for a year. So, uh, you know, one, one and done with $24. So thank you to them as well. As thanks to everybody who picked up my eBooks, I have to check the site every day to make sure everything's working. And uh, I just, every time I see somebody pick up an eBook or a video collection, I just want to say thank you for helping, uh, you know, helping keep our servers online. Really appreciate that. As well as those of you who pick up our coffee cups and t-shirts. With that, just a reminder, if this is the first time watching, this isn't uh, the way the show usually goes, but... It always ends with a reminder that every single link that I cover during every show I've done this year, we are over 105 now, I believe, um, I put up at automate.news. No www, no .com, just automate.news. Every single link gets put up there. After the live show, 
After um, it gets edited and published to all the other destinations, including podcasting, audio destinations, after we take the snippets out and I uh, send them up in post planner to go out to, the, uh, to all the places in the afternoon, then I come up here and I add all of the links and I put them in the order in which I covered them in the show. So if you know if I covered something late in the show, you'll see it near the next 2023 morning show date. And of course, I do add, I do schedule, put in the, uh, the link to the show if you want to watch it over at the Automation Blog, if you're not on uh, one of the other platforms. And with that, that about wraps it up for today. Again, sorry I was a little late this morning. I don't know how that happened. I was up at four and I thought everything was going well and I looked at the clock and was 15 minutes late. So I hope you're having a great day. You probably missed part of the show because I was so late this morning if you're on the East Coast, but I hope you have an awesome day. Even if you're listening to this after the fact that night, I want to say hi to everybody in the chat too. And uh, just really appreciate you guys chatting. I forgot to zoom it in, so I can't actually read it all, but I, I see some, some uh, comments in there. So I wanted to say hi to the folks who are in the chat. And again, have an awesome day. Have a safe, happy, and healthy day. And until next time, my friends, peace.